You may think it started with zombies or more generally with horror films, but I submit that contemporary secular Western civilization has developed an obsession with death. Not the philosophical question of what death is, but the actual practice of death indiscriminately applied from birth until the end of life. How did we get here? I recently was doing some study in the book of Proverbs. And there's a verse in Proverbs chapter 8 that captured my imagination and I've just been stuck there pondering this verse for a number of days. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 36 is speaking about the person who rejects wisdom. Proverbs is the book of wisdom and in chapter 8 wisdom personified speaks as a woman who offers this gift of God to, to those who seek it, wisdom, the way to practically succeed in life based on what's true according to the nature and character of God. But there's an alternative choice, and that is what Proverbs calls to live the life of foolishness or to live as a fool. And it says this, in verse 35 of chapter 8, it says, For the one who finds me, finds wisdom, the one who finds me finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. But verse 36 gives the alternative. But one who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death. Now, there's a translation here that we probably need to consider. Verse 36 can be translated, but the one who misses me, that is, this is wisdom speaking, the one who finds wisdom finds life and favor from the Lord. But the one who misses wisdom injures himself, that is, he sets himself up to follow foolishness in his life. But then here's the part that captures my imagination. All those who hate me, those who hate wisdom, love death. I was captured by that idea of what it means to love death. And so I began to do a little research, and here's what I discovered. The first doctor-sanctioned death of a patient was a newborn boy that doctors allowed to die in 1915. Through the 20th century, doctor-sanctioned or court-sanctioned deaths uh, advanced, particularly with three well-known cases, the case of Karen Ann Quinlan, Nancy Cruzan, and Terry Schiavo. You can look up those names and find the circumstances of their stories, but through this progression of the 20th century, what are called right-to-die activists have fought for more than a century to turn a fringe ideology into mainstream thinking and mainstream medical care. Let me give you some examples. On April the 27th of this year, in the state of Vermont, the governor signed a bill amending the state's right-to-die law it ended the required in-person medical consultation when requesting a lethal prescription. In other words, in Vermont, now all you need to do to have a doctor-assisted suicide is a video exam. It also removed the 48-hour waiting period before you could take your own life. In March, in the state of Oregon, state health authorities ditched the law's residency requirement opening Oregon up 
to be a suicide destination state. You can now travel to Oregon where you can receive lethal drugs to take your own life without being a resident of the state. California, beginning this January, has shortened its waiting period to 48 hours between two required requests to kill yourself. In Hawaii, they've been hashing out the details of their law, but they are expanding from doctors only to now advanced practice registered nurses and physician assistants as those who are allowed to write lethal prescriptions. With those four states, there's also uh, the state of Washington, Colorado, New Jersey, Maine, and the District of Columbia that, that presently have right-to-die laws. Doctor-assisted suicide is legal in those states. But just since last year, 21 other state legislatures have introduced this similar right-to-die legislation. It really comes from two competing worldviews. One is the Judeo-Christian worldview that sees life as sacred, that individual human life has value, not based on productivity or, or, or anything else, just by virtue of being created in the image of God, there is value. The competing worldview is that the value of life is relative to your functioning level. In other words, you're only valuable if you can somehow contribute to the success of society. This is personified mostly in an organization that started in 1941. It has the name the American Humanist Association. They argue that there is no supernatural, that all morality is not flowing out of the nature and character of some divine being, but rather simply by what we decide for ourselves as human beings. The problem is when values come only from humans, the reference point of what is good and right is always shifting. And it's always determined by who happens to be in power at any given moment. That is a dangerous way for human society to try and exist. There is no objective standard by, by which what is true and right and good can be measured. Likewise, there's no way to issue judgments on what is wrong or false or untrue as well. The American Humanist Association argues that the ability to live and lead ethical lives of personal fulfillment is the only standard by which life can be measured. In other words, if you're fulfilled according to whatever standard you've placed for yourself, that's the only way to determine if your life is worth living. A humanist chaplain, if you can imagine such a thing, at Harvard University has said hum humanism means being good without God. I would suggest that that's impossible. Oh, you can be respectable. I'm not suggesting that people who don't know God can't do good things, but you cannot be good apart from that standard by which we evaluate what good is. If good is simply what I want to do, we are headed for the downfall of society. Biblically speaking, the entire book of Judges followed a cycle that kept repeating itself 
And the judgment of each cycle was that the people of the nation, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. When you go in that direction, you find that death becomes an obsession. When we miss wisdom, remember wisdom, wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. In other words, to have uh, the ability to live life the way humanity was meant to be experienced is to start with knowing who God is and knowing that we are not Him. Humanism attempts to make us the God that determines for ourselves those standards of right and wrong. The problem here is that it always leads to this obsession with death. When we miss wisdom, we learn to love death. Just a few years ago, in the early 1990s, there was a retired pathologist by the name of Jack Kevorkian who decided that it was his place to facilitate the death of people who wanted to, quote, die with dignity. I've always found that phrase interesting because for Dr. Kevorkian, dying with dignity often meant laying down in the back of his dirty Volkswagen van and being hooked up to a machine where you could press a button and ingest lethal doses of drugs that would kill you. Kevorkian, after 10 years, had assisted 130 people to kill themselves. He earned two things from that. He earned a 10 to 25 year sentence for second degree murder. And he also earned the American Humanist Association Hero Award. Imagine that, an organization who gives their highest commendation to a man in prison for murder. That's what happens when we miss wisdom. We become in love, obsessed with death. Whether it's the Death with Dignity organization, another one called Final Exit Network, or the Hemlock Society, uh, this obsession with death is sweeping our country. Now, we don't have to ask where this ends because we already have a case study. In the nation of Belgium, they have had euthanasia legal um, for over 20 years. And so Belgium gives us a, a case study of, of where, what happens there. The rate of euthanasia, that is people who supposedly are suffering from some physical or mental ailment that is uncurable and untreatable. That was the original standard. The rate of euthanasia in Belgium has increased from 235 lives lost per year, that was 2003, 235 lives lost in a year, to the current rate of, in 2021 of seven deaths a day. This is thousands of percent of increase over the last 20 years. Over 27,000 people have died from euthanasia in Belgium since it was legalized, and that's just the, the latest official data. It was initially legalized under narrow and strict conditions, but updates have made Belgium the first and only country in the world to lower the age limit of doctor-assisted suicide to now include children. It also includes instances where patients have been euthanized for psychiatric conditions, including things as simple as depression. 
In 2021, the statistics tell us that almost 20%, one in five of people who were killed with the assistance of a doctor in Belgium were not expected to die in the immediate future. In other words, these were not people who were terminally ill, but people who just had some uh, crisis and rather than treat them as human beings, valuable and sacred, it just disposes of them because they were not productive. Not only that, but the new laws in Belgium remove the right of conscientious objection, which means that since 2020, healthcare institutions and medical personnel are no longer allowed to protest or refuse to be involved in the practice. There are no provisions made for their conscience. One man is suing the government right now because his mother, at the age of 64, was euthanized without any prior consultation with the family and without explanation that she had been suffering from what the doctor termed untreatable depression. Here's the problem. This man's mother was physically healthy, and her treating psychiatrist that she had seen for more than 20 years expressed doubts as to whether she satisfied the requirements of the Belgium euthanasia law. Nonetheless, she was euthanized by an oncologist with no psychiatric qualifications who had never seen her before as a patient. He literally made a life and death decision on the basis of a brief conversation with a deeply depressed woman. It's not just the end of life, it's also the beginning of life. In a temper tantrum about the Dobbs decision by the Supreme Court, Chuck Schumer and Senate Democrats issued a bill that they asked to be voted on called the Women's Health Protection Act. You can read this for yourself, but the Women's Health Protection Act is so radical. It is more radical than the abortion laws of the state of New York more radical than the abortion laws of the state of California, more radical than any abortion law in any European country, and more radical even than Roe versus Wade or the Casey decision. It proposed free and full abortion up to the moment of birth for any reason whatsoever, including sex selection. Now, we spend a lot of time in our culture talking about sex discrimination, that, that women should be treated equally and, and, and such things, and yet now a woman in the womb can be killed for no other reason than because mom and dad want a son or vice versa. You see, what we have here is not just an abortion debate. It's not even just a euthanasia debate. It is now an obsession with death that runs from nine months before birth up to the very end of life. How did we get here? We got here because we now live in a culture that has missed wisdom. How did we miss wisdom? Because we refuse to see that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And once God was kicked out of the equation, and we begin to set the standard for ourselves, we ended up right here. Is it any wonder that horror movies with graphic scenes of murder and zombie movies with all of the graphic and gratuitous detail that's presented there 
Is it any wonder that that is our hobby these days? Because vicariously, we get in our movies and television shows this love for death that in the lives of very real people is being played out every single day. What do we do? We start with the fear of the Lord, reverence for who God is. We draw from that an understanding of the facts of our day which will produce wisdom which will lead us to a position of life. We must be pro-life. That doesn't mean just being against abortion. To be pro-life means that we need to talk about the significance, the value, the importance of every human being. We now, I hear arguments of people saying that we should abort those people who might grow up poor do you hear the argument that instead of solving the problem of poverty, we just kill people who might be poor someday? We've lost our minds and we've missed wisdom. And the result is we love death. Folks, we better be the people who love life and we better be outspoken about it because our culture is crumbling right before our eyes. Let someone find wisdom and find life and speak truth. This is Truth Currents.